98K News. It's one o'clock on Benche, the headlines. An infectious disease expert warns a so-called health code being proposed by some politicians could actually worsen the COVID-19 situation here. Commerce Secretary Edward Yao says it's unacceptable for the U.S. to instruct Hong Kong manufacturers to label their goods as made in China. And media mogul Jimmy Lai tells the BBC Hong Kong cannot survive as a financial centre without the rule of law. Infectious disease specialist Joseph Tsang has warned that a local health code system proposed by some politicians, which would allow people who have tested negative for COVID-19 to move around the city more freely, would give people a false sense of security and could worsen the outbreak. Todd Harding reports. The idea was floated by the pro-government Business and Professionals Alliance, which said healthy residents should be allowed to dine in at restaurants, visit malls and other public places at any time. Dr Tsang said a better approach would be to give a code for high-risk groups, such as workers from wet markets, restaurants, public transport services or beauty salons and gyms. And the code should be renewed every five to seven days after new tests, instead of 14 days as proposed by the Alliance to match the coronavirus's incubation period. Dr Tsang also said there's a need to step up efforts in tracing the sources of infection. He noted a lot of new cases cannot be traced, which means there are still invisible chains of infection in the community. He said the government could consider introducing mobile apps that record the history of people's movements, as this could be helpful in identifying clusters sooner rather than later. Meanwhile, three medical unions have jointly urged the government to list COVID-19 as an occupational disease. In a statement, the Public Doctors Association, the Medical Association, the Frontline Doctors Union and medical sector lawmaker Pierre Chan noted that several medical workers have already been infected with the virus in hospitals and elderly care homes. They say studies show that medical workers in hospitals and care homes are 16 to 24 times more likely than an average person to come down with the virus. Commerce Secretary Edward Yao says it's unacceptable for the U.S. to confuse the market by forcing local manufacturers to label exports to America as made in China instead of Hong Kong. He says it's their fallacy to say the SAR status as a separate customs territory is a gift from Washington, as he insists this was awarded by Beijing in accordance with the basic law. Mr. Yao told an RTHK program, trade uncertainty in bilateral relations is bad for both sides. Media tycoon Jimmy Lai, speaking in one of his first interviews after being released on bail, has warned the SAR cannot survive as an international financial hub without the rule of law. He was speaking to the BBC. The national security law definitely supersedes the rule of law here. It's obvious that our national financial centre cannot survive because without law, business has no protection except to bribe the official who have power over them to do business here. Former lawmaker Lam Tai Fai has been named the new head of the RTHK Advisors Board, and he's to replace Eugene Chan at the start of next month. The government says Mr. Lam will serve in the role for two years. Also new to the board will be former iCable News Executive Director Ronald Chu and former Law Society Chief Thomas So. Dr. Chan, a dentist by trade, had said the public broadcaster should spread more positive messages. He is wrapping up 10 years on the board, four of which he served as chairman. 
The RTHK Programme Staff Union says it hopes the new chairman will respect the media profession and understand why diverse opinions are valuable to Hong Kong. It says it will listen to his words and observe his actions. The union stressed that the RTHK Board of Advisors is an advisory body and said it hopes the new chairman and members will pay attention to the limits of its powers, as specified in the RTHK Charter. Meanwhile, RTHK spokeswoman Amen Ng welcomed the new members, saying the management hopes the public broadcaster can further its development with the help of the new advisory board. The United States has opened another front in its war of words with China. This time, it's targeting the Confucius Institute, as Sean Kennedy explains. In the latest move, the U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo accused the center, which runs Confucius Institutes in the United States, of taking advantage of America's openness to undertake large-scale and well-funded propaganda efforts. He ordered it to register as a foreign mission, calling it an entity advancing Beijing's malign influence campaign on U.S. campuses. The institutes are a Chinese government-funded program dedicated to teaching Chinese language and culture overseas and often partners with foreign universities. 65 of the 75 Confucius Institutes in the United States are located within U.S. universities. Mr. Pompeo said the United States wants to ensure that students on U.S. campuses have access to Chinese language and cultural offerings free from the manipulation of the Chinese Communist Party and its proxies. The U.S. move comes amid heightened tensions between the United States and China. The United States last month closed the Chinese consulate in Houston. China retaliated by closing the U.S. consulate in Chengdu. Negotiators from the two countries are set to meet tomorrow to discuss their phase one trade deal reached earlier this year. Two men accused of beating up a man who later died of internal bleeding have been charged with murder. Police had found the victim's body in a Yaomate park last Saturday, but initially did not suspect foul play as they couldn't find any superficial injuries. A post-mortem later revealed the man had three fractured ribs and a ruptured spleen. Officers arrested the two suspects early yesterday morning after reviewing security camera footage. They say preliminary investigations suggest the, man, the men, aged 24 and 26, had beaten up the victim over a monetary dispute hours before he was found in the park. The suspects will appear at Kowloon City Magistrates Court tomorrow. The High Court has dismissed a judicial review application to block the extension of LegCo. Kwok Chang Kin, dubbed the King of JRs, had claimed Chief Executive Carrie Lam made a wrong and unconstitutional decision by extending the current LegCo term from four to five years. But Judge Anderson Chow ruled there was no evidence to show that Mrs. Lam had made such a decision. The top national legislature, the NPCSC, earlier decided to allow the entire LegCo to stay on for no less than one year because of the postponed elections. International leaders have given a cautious welcome to the U.S. brokered deal normalizing relations between Israel and the United Arab Emirates. France said the suspension of Israel's annexation plans for the occupied West Bank, which is part of the deal, was a positive step. The UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres described it as an opportunity for Israel and the Palestinians to resume negotiations. More details from the BBC's Barbara Plett-Usher.
Israel has been developing relationships with the Gulf Arab states for some time, quietly. Over the past year and a half, the UAE and Israel began to talk about how to go public with normalization. But then the Israeli Prime Minister started to talk about annexing parts of the occupied West Bank, which the Palestinians want for a state. And the UAE said, wait, that's a red line. We can't go there. And then U.S. officials say they started to talk about this idea of formulating the deal like this. Israel suspends its annexation plans in exchange for normalization. So that all happened over the past couple of months and now you have this announcement. The Deputy Interior Minister of Belarus has said everyone detained in protest this week will be released this morning. Thousands of people have been arrested in protest following the disputed election victory of Alexander Lukashenko. Some were released yesterday. The BBC's Abdu Jalil Abdurasilov is in Minsk. Three men walk out of a large grey metal door, smiling shyly as they are greeted by the crowd outside the jail. They were detained on Sunday, the day when protests in Belarus started. Tearful people in the crowd desperately show them photos of relatives on their phones. A total of 7,000 people have been detained across the country so far, and often their relatives have no idea where to find them. They come to jails and detention centers, hoping to learn about their whereabouts. The World Health Organization has played down concerns about catching COVID-19 from food after tests in China found traces of the virus on food and packaging imported from Latin America. The WHO said there were no examples of the disease being transmitted through food. Britain is to impose a 14-day quarantine on all arrivals from France and the Netherlands after a surge in coronavirus cases in recent weeks. The measure also applies to Malta, Monaco, the Dutch territory of Aruba and the British Turks and Caicos Islands. The BBC's Lucy Williamson is in Paris. The spectre of fresh quarantine measures has hung over France ever since its infection rate began to rise. It's now seeing 2,500 new cases each day, and the Prime Minister has admitted the situation is heading in the wrong direction. But the British decision will be unwelcome news for the tourist sector here, already reporting a big drop in British visitors. France has said throughout this crisis that it will apply reciprocal measures when it comes to quarantine. A spokeswoman for the French president told us the UK should expect an immediate response. President Trump has admitted blocking funding for the struggling U.S. Postal Service because he doesn't want more Americans to vote by mail in November. A record number of postal votes are expected this year because of the COVID-19 pandemic. The BBC's David Willis reports. Mr. Trump has previously admitted that he believes postal voting would allow more Democrats to cast ballots, which could hurt Republican candidates, himself among them. At a White House press briefing, he said that countries such as China or Russia could easily forge such ballots, leading to massive election fraud. Democrats had sought to include additional funding for the Postal Service in a new coronavirus relief bill, the terms of which they and the White House are still squabbling over. They've accused the president of seeking to damage the Postal Service in order to improve his chances of being re-elected. Joe Biden called the president's comments an assault on democracy. 
Retail sales on the mainland fell unexpectedly in July from a year ago. Despite easing coronavirus containment measures, retail sales dropped for the seventh straight month, down 1.1% year-on-year. In another sign that the recovery of the world's second-largest economy remains fragile, factory output for the month also showed a slow comeback. Industrial output grew 4.8% on-year, in line with June's growth, but missed analysts' forecast. And a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index stood at 25,183. That's 46 points down on the previous close. And to currencies, the U.S. dollar is trading at 106.92 yen. The euro standing at one U.S. dollar and 18 cents. And the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 12 cents. And now for the sports, here is Atom Jung. We start with football. Germany's RB Leipzig have beaten Atletico Madrid to reach the semi-finals of the European Champions League. All the goals were scored in the second half of their one-off quarter-final knockout match in Lisbon. Spanish winger Danny Almo headed Leipzig in front before João Felix equalized with a penalty. Then, with three minutes left in regular time, the U.S. international Tyler Adams scored the winning goal on a deflected shot. It finished 2-1 for Leipzig, and they'll face Paris Saint-Germain for a place in the final. Here's the winning manager, Julian Nagelsmann. It was a good game of my squad. I'm very happy today.、Um... Atletico defend、uh, like all the games very good, but、uh, at the end I think we were a bit、uh, better in the final third.、Um, I think that makes、uh, the difference today.、Um, we did not create many chances, but Atletico also did not create many chances. But at the end I think、uh, we were a bit more dangerous for the opponent's goal than Atletico did, and so、um, yeah, I think it's okay that we reached the semifinals. The third quarterfinal match will be played tonight. That's between Barcelona and Bayern Munich. On the ice, two days after making an NHL record 85 saves in a five-overtime loss, Jonas Carpasalo stopped 36 more shots to help the Columbus Blue Jackets beat the Tampa Bay Lightning 3-1 to even their first-round series at a game apiece. Columbus coach John Tortorella says bouncing back from tough losses is part of being a professional. That's what we do. I mean. You、guys keep on asking me that question. It's what we do. It, it's what pros are supposed to do.、Uh, I don't think it's anything special.、Uh, I think it's the proper way about going about your business. And、uh, we've had a lot of opportunities with the ups and downs, especially in the past couple of weeks, to to work at that. So、um, yeah, and so we just get ready for game three. In the NBA, the Memphis Grizzlies and the Portland Trailblazers will contest in a short play-in tournament to decide the eighth and final playoff spot in the Western Conference. It's a new setup for the number eight seed if the number nine seed finish four or fewer games behind. Memphis clinched eighth place by beating the Milwaukee Bucks 119 to 106 in the final game of the regular season. Memphis will reach the playoffs if they beat Portland in the first play-in game on Saturday. A Portland win, however, will force a replay to decide the winner. The Phoenix Suns missed the playoffs despite a perfect eight wins out of eight in the restart, and the San Antonio Spurs lost their final game and are out of the postseason for the first time in 23 years. And that's your look at sports. That was Atom Jang reporting. And that's the news from RTHK.
When you're forging ahead, the Employees Retraining Board, or ERB, always keeps pace with you. The ERB's training net course search terminals have been set up at over 100 locations across all 18 districts of Hong Kong. The terminals provide information on ERB courses and together with the ERB District Service Network, support you to upgrade skills and develop a career. Call 182182 for more information. The ERB helps you step forward, learn and forge ahead. The symptoms of COVID-19 can be mild. Don't go to work or school if feeling unwell. Wear a mask and consult a doctor promptly. Ask doctors at accident and emergency departments, general outpatient clinics, private hospitals, or clinics for free testing provided by the Department of Health. Return the specimen to a designated collection point or use the door-to-door -door specimen collection service for a fee. Test promptly for early detection.
A very good afternoon to you all and welcome to today's 123 show with me, Noreen Mir, on this Friday afternoon. Friday the 14th of August is today's date. Happy Friday to you all. And as part of today's uh, Good Friday series, we'll be chatting with Bailey Cherry, who is the founder of Rebooked Hong Kong. Now, Bailey's just 15 years old and she started this non-profit social enterprise, which is dedicated to promoting the reuse of pre-loved children's books. So we'll be chatting with Bailey in about uh, 10 minutes or so. Uh, feel free to also join us on the Facebook page, Noreen Mir on RTHK Radio 3, as we'll be bringing you uh, all our guests uh, via uh, Zoom and we'll stream them all on the Facebook. So feel free to join us there. And after the two o'clock news, uh, we'll be hearing about an upcoming show called the uh, called the Corona Monologues. I had to do a double take 